We're doing a short series on the names of God, uh, and uh, this morning we've asked Paul Catrell to come and really unpack. I thought we were going to cheer. Really unpack the whole um, name of God in that the Lord is our provider. And so, uh, why don't we welcome Paul and uh, look forward to what he has to say to us? Good morning. Can you hear me? Yes, good. Well, good morning, um, Jubilee Church, um, and especially a warm welcome to you today if you're a visitor. Um, if you've got a Bible, um, you might like to start turning to Genesis chapter 22. But, okay, for those of you who don't know me, um, my name is Paul Catterall, and I'm on the staff at Jubilee Church, and I also manage Open Door Northeast, a charity birthed out of the church. Um, which helps asylum seekers and refugees escaping conflict and persecution in their home nations. As Simon has said, this is the second uh, Summer Sunday series of the Summer Sunday series when you get to hear from somebody new. And it's a real privilege uh, for me to have this opportunity to share what God's put on my heart with you this morning. Last week, Dennis shared about the Lord who heals And this week, we're going to be looking at the Lord who provides, or Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Jireh is one of the many different names of God found in the Bible. Names are very important in the Bible. They declare who you are. God shows his character in his name, which means that provider or providing is not something God does, it's something who he is. At Open Door, we are currently praying for God's provision of £15,000 to cover all our food and dropping costs in 2015. So far, he's provided us with £8,000 of new unrestricted giving towards this target, which is fantastic. But he's also provided us with a free house for a year and prompted someone to consider buying us a house. Isn't that amazing? If you want to find out more about Food for 15 and how you can get involved, may I encourage you to get one of these leaflets from the welcome table over there, have a look on Facebook or Twitter, um, where you can, you can sponsor various people doing great things um, towards this target. You can even sponsor my daughter, Luca, and I, who are going to be walking the Yorkshire Three Peaks, 26 miles and three peaks, next Friday. So today, I would like us to explore what it means in a wider sense to know both personally and as a church the Lord who provides. So let's read Genesis 22, verses 13 to 14. I'm going to be reading from the ESV translation. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. And Abraham went and he took the ram and he offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the place, the name of that place, the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, on the mount of the Lord it will be provided. Let's pray. Yeah, Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your your word is food to our souls, Lord. I thank you for your presence with us here today, Lord. I thank you for this awesome sense of presence in our worship today, Lord. And and Lord, as I unpack this word, Lord, I just pray that you would speak to people here this morning, that you would change lives here this morning. 
that everyone would leave this place with something new, to, to, uh, and some, something, a fresh revelation of who you are and what you want to do in their lives. Amen. So, I have four points today. Um, most people normally have three, but I'm being a little bit of a rebel today, and I've got four points ab- about this great God who provides. The, my first point is the Lord who provides his Son, our Savior. Genesis 22 is one of my favorite passages in the Bible, and one which I often use when I'm sharing my faith, and particularly with people from a Muslim background. This is a shocking, startling passage to a lot of people. Some people are really offended by it. But it's really a passage about faith and faithfulness, about obedience and about God's provision, a provision that ultimately leads to a greater sacrifice and the whole world being blessed through Abraham's offspring. So what's behind it? Well, the passage begins with a strange command from God to Abraham, telling him to offer his son, Isaac, the very son he was promised, the son that he waited for years as a sacrificial offering. Despite this, despite just this not making sense at all, Abraham follows God's command. He takes Isaac to the mountain of Moriah, the place God had chosen. And as they approach the mountain, Isaac asks his father, where's the lamb? Where's the lamb for the offering? With great faith, Abraham answers him, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. Eventually, they reach the chosen place. Abraham demonstrates his faith and obedience to God. But before Abraham can finish the sacrifice, the Lord calls him. The angel of the Lord calls him, and Isaac's life is spared. As we have read, Abraham looks up and he sees a ram caught by the horns in a, in a bush. And Abraham sacrifices the ram instead of his son. Because of God's amazing, gracious provision as a substitute for his son, Isaac, Abraham names the place Yahweh Jireh, which translates, the Lord will provide. In his book, The Names of God, Ken Hempill puts it like this. The account of Abraham on Mount Moriah is more than a dramatic illustration of faith and obedience. It's a presentation of the Lord's eternal grace, continual provision, and all-encompassing wisdom. Jehovah Jireh is not the Lord did provide, but the Lord will provide. In other words, the name does not simply memorize a past event, it anticipates a future event. What future event? Well, this is the story of Christianity. The wonder of our God, his grace and mercy for us. Ken Hempill goes on to explain the statement in verse 14, on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided, refers to more than Mount Moriah. It also refers to a hill called Golgotha or Calvary where God did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us. Abraham's faith-filled statement that God himself will provide the lamb is a companion to John the Baptist's later exclamation, look, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. What's he saying? 
He's saying that Jehovah Jireh's provision to Abraham of a ram to rescue Isaac is pointing to a greater provision for all humanity, you and me, of his one and only son, Jesus, who is the Lamb of God who takes away your sin, my sin, and the sin of the whole world. Yes, Jesus was crucified on the cross to deal with our greatest problem. The greatest problem is that we, that we don't always realize it. This greatest problem is our sin. Now, you may be sitting here today thinking, what is this guy talking about? What does he mean by sin? And why does it need to be taken away? Well, the Bible says in Deuteronomy 6, 5, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and all your might. This is what the all-knowing, all-seeing maker of the universe wants from us. He knows that this is where our joy will be the greatest. But the problem is that we all love other things over God. Simply put, sin is dishonoring or putting or preferring other things over him. This could be our careers, our financial stability, qualification, status, even what people think about us on Facebook. Sin isn't just breaking, the breaking of God's rules. It isn't just about telling lies, having affairs, etc. No, sinful behaviors are, are symptoms of something much bigger, a broken heart that dishonors and disregards God. That creates a barrier that separates us from all of God's love and his provision. The Apostle Paul puts it simply in Romans 3, Verse 23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. He says the wages of sin is death, spiritual death, a life without God, forever. Imagine it. But, 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 it says in John 3:16 this, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish and have eternal life. This is the great sacrifice, the great exchange, the great substitute. God doesn't give you what you deserve. He takes everything that he didn't deserve. Back in 2001, I was 37 years old. I was then, as I am now, happily married with, with four daughters. I had a successful career. I lived on what many people consider is, is, is the best road in Middlesbrough. <laughs> but I had deep-seated issues and scars from my childhood, which included my parents' divorce and two suicides. But also later as an adult from certain choices that I'd made. I was opinionated and arrogant. I had bouts of, 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 of doubts and depressions and identity issues. There were chains and there were pains in my life. And despite filling, trying to fill my life with work and family, something was missing. Life did not altogether make sense. To cut a long story short, Christian friends, through Christian friends, both Jill and I eventually went on different Alpha courses. And both of us, by God's amazing grace, came to know the love of God and find freedom and healing when we found Jesus. Jesus, God's one and only Son that He provided for us. God's grace is amazing. Maybe you're here today and you don't know this, Jesus. You don't know this healing, this freedom, okay? 
Maybe you've been on an Alpha course and you still haven't taken that step of faith. You haven't taken that step towards Him. Well, He's here today, and at the end, we're going to have a prayer call, an opportunity for you to take a step of faith, for you to come and receive this Jesus. My second point is, the Lord provides a new family, His body, the church. Did you know that once we have faith in Jesus, he also provides us with a new family, (laughs) a place of people to grow in our gifting and our faith, a place of people to be encouraged and to encourage others, a place of people to belong and a place of people from where we can reach out to others. This is the church. The Bible uses a number of pictures or metaphors to describe the church the family or household of God, the temple of the Holy Spirit, a holy nation. But perhaps the most important is the body of Christ. Our physical bodies are made up of arms and legs and ears and nose. It's the distinctiveness of each member that enables our bodies to function as God intended. Paul tells us in Romans 12 that God designed the body of Christ to be made up of members who are different, but which belong to one another and which complement one another. God has placed you here in Jubilee, not just because he loves you, but because he is calling you to find and use the different gifts that he has given you according to his grace. The Bible tells us that we are, also, the Bible also tells us that we are to care and 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 grow in our faith for members of the wider body of Christ. And this includes Christians who are not part of Jubilee Church. So, for example, Paul reminds us in in Hebrews not to forget the plight of fellow Christians suffering persecution, but to identify with them in their suffering. It has been a privilege over the last 10 years or more to have so many brothers and sisters in Christ who, who are now part of Jubilee, who have come from other nations who have come here because they've been persecuted on account of their faith. God has gathered the nations here in Teesside. We are seeing a snapshot of heaven here right now. So let's wake up. Don't miss it. It's amazing what is happening. Who'd have thought God would do this here in Teesside? I love the fact that we have an Anglo-Asian ex-Hindu lead elder. I love the fact that we have an Iranian, Asian, ex-Muslim elder, and I love the fact that we have a white English elder. (laughs) I love the fact that we have people involved in all areas of this church, from all sorts of backgrounds and from all sorts of nations. I love the fact that at Open Door, when we pray together on a Monday morning, we hear different languages. We hear Farsi and Kurdish and Aziri and Amharic and Tigrinya and even Teesside English. Different languages, but one body of Christ. The church serving together, growing together, being released together and fulfilling our Isaiah 61 call to be good news to the poor, seeing lives touched and changed by the love of Jesus. Let's applaud God for providing us with a new body. Let's give him a round of applause right now. (laughs) 
So he provides a son, and he provides a new body. The third point, which Simon alluded to, alluded to earlier, is the, the Lord who provides a helper, his Holy Spirit. We are a word and spirit people at Jubilee Church. We love God's word, which is the Bible, and believe it provides everything, every form of direction and encouragement for Christian living. Somebody prayed out that earlier on today. But, but just before Jesus was crucified, he promised his disciples something more, a helper, his Holy Spirit. At the start of the book of Acts, we read, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and to the ends of the, ends of the earth. This is the day that a rabble of around 120 followers of Jesus who were hiding in an upper room to, to pray received the power of the Holy Spirit and spoke supernaturally in languages they'd not learned, what we call the gift of tongues. This is the evidence of God coming to all people in power. The Holy Spirit transformed them and equipped them to share the good news about Jesus, transforming them into powerhouses for God. Back in 2007, I was employed as Jubilee's administrator. There was a leadership change in the church, and Stephen Whittington, um, my good friend and mentor, was leaving to plant a new church in Hull. I was picking up many of his responsibilities that weren't really an administrator's role, and in particular, asylum court work. I had a passion and a heart for it, but I had many doubts about my ability and also the authority I was operating under. But God brought help in a quite unexpected way. Quite early on after becoming a Christian, I was baptized um, in the, with the Holy Spirit, filled for the first time, and received the gift of tongues. This same supernatural ability that the 120 had experienced at Pentecost, a gift from God that allows us to pray directly and uninhibitedly to God in a language we have not learned. Back in 2007, I was feeling down and definitely doing too much in my own strength. God had placed the dear people of the nations at Jubilee on my heart, and particularly um, our brothers and sisters um, from Eritrea. Well, in 2007, I brought a tongue in a Middlesbrough community group, and a number of Eritrean brothers and sisters got excited, and one of them brought the interpretation of in her mother tongue, which was then translated into English. She heard me speaking in the ancient language of Gies, not the root language of, the root language of both Amharic and Tigrinya. She'd been brought up in the Orthodox Church and understood the essence of what I was saying. Well, this event was life-transforming. It led to many encouraging words, both for Jill and I, and also for Eritrea and the surrounding region. Why am I sharing this? Well, my point is that we can do nothing individually or as a church, as a body, without the indwelling, equipping, and releasing helper, the Holy Spirit. In February of this year, eight years after the tongue and following much prayer and encouraging words and God helper connections, Jill and I finally went to Ethiopia to visit persecuted Christians from Eritrea in Addis Ababa and in three refugee camps. While in Ethiopia, we had some amazing encounters and met some incredible people serving Jesus with very little, um, but with real joy and faithfulness. On our first Sunday, we shared a little of our story and of Jubilee's story. 
which included the tongue I'd brought back in 2007. At the end of the meeting, a young woman came up to me and said, I get quite emotional when I say this, you are the man, you are that Englishman who spoke in Guise back in 2007. She went on to say that the story of what happened here in Middlesbrough had been told in the underground church in Asmara, in Eritrea, and it had brought them such encouragement. Wow, this is the kind of equipping, all-knowing, all-powerful friend and helper we have in God the Holy Spirit. Isn't God amazing? He is much bigger than we can get our heads around. Are you filled with God the Holy Spirit? If you're not, there's an opportunity at the end to receive prayer. My last point is the God who provides a new purpose, mission. We've seen that because God loves us, he provided a son and saviour, Jesus. But he also provides a new body, the church. And he provides us with a helper, his Holy Spirit, who equips and empowers and encourages, uh, encourages us in all that God has for us. But what is all this provision for? The clue is back in Genesis 22, where we read, the whole world will be blessed through the descendants of Abraham, who are what the New Testament calls the church, the body of Christ. After Jesus rose from the dead, he not only he, pro he not only promised um, a pr a pr a to provide a helper, but he gave a command, sometimes called the Great Commission. We can read this in Matthew 28, where he says, go and make disciples of all nations. And as we've already seen, Jesus says in Acts 1, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria at the end of the earth. This is the purpose of the church. This is what we are called to as individuals. We are called to share the good news, what the Bible calls the gospel, the joyous news of Jesus. This is the purpose of Yahweh, Jireh, God has provided and equipped us for. Now for some of us, that will be reaching out to our own town, our street, our workplace, our neighborhood. This is what the passage means by Jerusalem. For some of us, we are called to other cities and places in the UK, maybe initially to study and work, but perhaps later to plant a church. This is what the passage means by Judea, i.e. our country or the nation around us. So what of Samaria? Well, the Samaritans to the Jews were people not like them who lived amongst them. As a church, we have taken real steps over the past 12 years in serving what the Bible calls the sojourners or foreigners in the land, the refugees and asylum seekers amongst us, and particularly through the work of Open Door where we have not, we have seen many miracles, not only of God who provides amazing houses and food and finances, but also his Holy Spirit, the helper, bringing revelation of who Jesus is into the lives of people like Abbas, 
and Hassan and Mona and Moshtaba, the many Samaritans who we now love as our brothers and sisters in Christ at Jubilee Church. And finally, some of us are called to the ends of the earth, to places like Turkey, Ethiopia, Eritrea, or China, just like Jill and Andy Ball or, uh, or Tom and Lauren Williams are doing right now. For those who love him, for those who know his son, the Lord provides a purpose, a place to serve, an opportunity for mission. Thank you. If the band would like to come back, what we're going to do now, we're going to worship God again, and we're going to have a prayer call. What I want to encourage you to do is if you're here today and you don't know this Jesus, if you know that he is knocking on your door, if he is his, his whispering to you and you need to take a step towards him, then there's an opportunity to this morning. Maybe you've never had the opportunity to do that before. He's here, and he wants to meet you today. Okay? And Hannah's got a word which she's going to bring now, and then I'll carry on. Yeah, I felt this morning that God wanted to speak to us about receiving his Holy Spirit, and um, the other week I was watching TV, and there was this lady on, and she was saying that. She was talking about drinking water, and she said, that if you're already really thirsty, you're already dehydrated. And for me, it spoke to me about God's Holy Spirit. I don't know why, but... Um, and I just felt like God wanted me to share it this morning. Um, that if you're really thirsty for the Holy Spirit, this is for you. God wants to change that this morning. But also, if you're feeling... You might be feeling good, you might be feeling fine, but actually still, God wants us to keep drinking because if we get to that point of dehydration... You know, what good is it? We've got to keep drinking um, his living water. We're called to be overflowing with the Spirit. And I just feel like God wants to speak to us about that this morning. Thanks, Hannah. So Hannah's talking about the helper, that God provides the helper. And he's here today. And if, you know, maybe you've never, maybe you've never received baptism in the Spirit before. Maybe you've never spoken in tongues before. Maybe you just need to come and be refreshed this morning to have a, you know, the, the Bible says don't just be filled once. We need, we're to be regularly filled. And maybe you're here and you, you've been part of the church for a while and, and maybe you haven't quite found your place. Well, what's my role? What am I called to serve? What area am I called to serve? You know, God wants to help you find your place in the body. So I want to encourage you to come and receive prayer for that as well. Okay, thank you.